You're listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. Out Loud Bible Project is on a mission to read the entire Bible out loud in a conversational and approachable way, so you can recognize your part in this conversation between you and God. Welcome back to the Out Loud Bible Project Podcast. Mike here, just reading the Bible like it makes a difference. We've been taking the past several chapters in the book of Job to examine Job and examine our own hearts when it comes to wading through the hard times in our life. And we've heard Job's friends offer their, not comfort, but rationale around why Job deserves what he's been experiencing. And he's rebutted each of them, sticking to his guns, saying like, no, I'm not, I'm not guilty of anything. Like, I'm not, like, my heart's good. I'm clean. Like, I don't have any sin issues lingering here like you're accusing me of. And then they began round two of arguments. So they're doubling down like they were fueled by Job's responses to their arguments in the first time. And the first time around, and man, tell you what, like you better be sure that you know what you're talking about if you're going to be doubling down on your argument. And even so, even if you know that you're right or think that you're right, is that is that what Job really needed? Certainly not what he wanted from his friends as he went through hard times. Let's see what Job really thinks of them here in Job chapters 16 through 18. Then Job answered, I've heard many such things. You are all miserable comforters. Shall vain words have an end? What provokes you that you answer? I also could speak as you do. If your soul were in my soul's place, I could join words together against you and shake my head at you, but I would strengthen you with my mouth. The solace of my lips would relieve you. Though I speak, my grief is not subsided. Though I forbear, what am I eased? But now, God, you have surely worn me out. (laughs) Uh, You have made all my company desolate. You've shriveled me up. This is a witness against me. My leanness rises up against me. It testifies to my face. He has torn me in his wrath and persecuted me. He's gnashed on me with his teeth. My adversary sharpens his eyes on me. They've gaped on me with their mouth. They've struck me on the cheek reproachfully. They gather themselves together against me. God delivers me to the ungodly and casts me into the hands of the wicked. I was at ease, and he broke me apart. Yes, he's taken me by the neck and dashed me to pieces. He's also set me up for his target. His archers surround me. He splits my kidney apart and doesn't spare. He pours out my bile on the ground. He breaks me with breach on breach. He runs at me like a giant. I've sewn sackcloth on my skin. I've thrust my horn into the dust. My face is red with weeping. Deep darkness is on my eyelids. Although there's no violence in my hands and my prayer is pure. Earth, don't cover my blood. Let my cry have no place to rest. Even now, behold, my witness is in heaven. He who vouches for me is on high. My friends scoff at me. Uh, 
My eyes pour out tears to God that he would maintain the right of a man with God, of a son of man with his neighbor. For when a few years have come, I'll go the way of no return. My spirit's consumed, my days are extinct, and the grave is ready for me. Surely there are mockers with me. My eye dwells on their provocation. Now, give a pledge. Be collateral for me with yourself. Who is there who will strike hands with me? For you have hidden their heart from understanding, therefore you will not exalt them. He who denounces his friends for plunder, even the eyes of his children will fail. But he's made me a byword of the people. They spit in my face. My eye also is dim by reason of sorrow. All my members are as a shadow. Upright men will be astonished at this. The innocent will stir himself up against the godless. Yet the righteous will hold to his way. He who has clean hands will grow stronger and stronger. But as for you all, come back. I'll not find a wise man among you. My days are past. My plans are broken off, as are the thoughts of my heart. They change the night into day, saying, The light is near in the presence of darkness. If I look for Sheol as my house, if I've spread my couch in the darkness, if I've said to corruption, you are my father, and to the worm, my mother and my sister, where then's my hope? As for my hope, who will see it? Shall it go down with me to the gates of Sheol or descend together into the dust? Then Bildad the Shuhite answered, How long will you hunt for words? Consider and afterwards we'll speak. Why are we counted as animals which have become unclean in your sight? You who tear yourself in your anger, will the earth be forsaken for you, or will the rock be removed out of its place? Yes, the light of the wicked will be put out. The spark of his fire won't shine. The light will be dark in his tent. The lamp above him will be put out. The steps of his strength will be shortened. His own counsel will cast him down, for he is cast into a net by his own feet, and he wanders into its mesh. A snare will take him by the heel. A trap will catch him. A noose is hidden for him in the ground, a trap for him on the path. Terrors will make him afraid on every side and will chase him at his heels. His strength will be famished. Calamity will be ready at his side." The members of his body will be devoured. The firstborn of death will devour his members. He will be rooted out of the security of his tent. He'll be brought to the king of terrors. There will dwell in his tent that which is none of his. Sulfur will be scattered on his habitation. His roots will be dried up beneath. His branch will be cut off above. His memory will perish from the earth. He'll have no name in the street. He'll be driven from light into darkness and chased out of the world. He will have neither son nor grandson among his people, nor any remaining where he lived. Those who come after will be astonished at his death, as those who went before were frightened. Surely such are the dwellings of the unrighteous. This is the place of him who doesn't know God. Are you more concerned with being loving or being right. Now, I'm not saying to give up the truth in order to make someone feel better, but I am saying if you respond to someone in love, you won't be wrong and you won't regret it. If you respond by trying to be right, then you better make sure you're right 
and that confronting them with the truth is the most loving response. If you respond in love, you'll always be right. If you respond by trying to be right, you better be sure you are. That's the Thinking Out Loud thought for today. You've been listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. When you become a patron of Out Loud Bible Project, you help make the Bible accessible for people who desperately need to know they have a role in this conversation with God. To learn more, visit outloudbible.com and click support this project. Thanks for listening.